This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Sports and Torts. Next up, we have an interview with the best defensive third baseman I've ever seen, Baltimore great Brooks Robinson. Folks old enough to remember him from his World Series heroics back in the 70s. Made plays you wouldn't believe. Go to YouTube, check him out if you haven't seen him. Not a bad hitter either. Ended up with 260 home runs. Here is our interview that David and I conducted with Brooks Robinson. The day I graduated from high school, I had five or six teams that were interested in signing me. And uh, there was the Yankees in Baltimore and Boston. Uh, three or four other teams had uh, inquired. And uh, so I, I got $4,000. That was the most you could get unless you were a bonus player. And no one wanted to make me a bonus player for more money. So uh, they thought I had a chance to make the big leagues when they signed me for $4,000. But uh, that's how I, I picked Baltimore over everyone else because they uh, they were the old San Luis Browns in 53. They came to Baltimore in 54. And uh, Paul Richards, who was the manager then, said, Look, son, if you do pretty well, you got a chance to play in the big leagues very quick, very quickly here in, uh, in Baltimore. So I signed in 55, went to York, Pennsylvania, did well. And the last two weeks of uh, the big league season, I got to play in the big leagues when I was 18, so I made the right choice. You grew up a, a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Did, did you wonder yourself, how come the Cardinals don't want me, but the team that le- well, just left, you, you <laughs> left know what? St. Louis uh, you know, there, was a, there was a gentleman named Freddie Hahn, a well-respected uh, scout there in the, in the Arkansas area, and uh, he just didn't think I was going to be a big league player, and that's the reason the Cardinals did not uh, pursue me. Uh, I was a big Cardinal fan because that was really the only game that we got on radio, and Stan Musial was certainly my my hero, and I got a chance to play with him later on, but that's the reason that I didn't sign with the Cardinals. With the Orioles, did you have a mentor when you came up to them or someone who kind of helped you out, or were you on your own? Oh, no, I think there were there were a lot of guys who, who kind of helped me out. I was in the minor leagues in 55 and 56, and, and when I came to the – in 57, I made the team. I was the opening day third baseman. In 57, uh, we played the Washington Senators in the presidential opener over at Old Griffin Stadium. And the third baseman, first baseman, was George Kell. And George Kell grew up about 60 miles from where I grew up. I grew up in Little Rock. George Kell grew up in Swifton, Arkansas. But he came to the Orioles in 1956. And, of course, he was one of my heroes growing up. I knew about George Carroll, and he was a great player with the Detroit Tigers, and he came to Baltimore. And he helped me not only on the field but off the field. And uh, he was just a a terrific friend of mine. And he passed away probably about four or five years ago. But uh, he was an outstanding player and uh, took me to my first stage play in New York City. So he kind of helped me off the field, too. What show did you see? I don't remember. <laughs> I think it was Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, but we had, we had a good time. He, his wife and I went, uh, George's wife, and uh, they kind of took me under the wing the whole year, really. So we couldn't have worked out better. And, you know, the, the thing that uh, really was uh, wonderful was the fact in 1983, uh, that's the day I went into the Baseball Hall of Fame, on the regular ballot, 
George went in on the veterans vote. So here are George Kell and Brooks Robinson on the same stage going into the Hall of Fame. And that was uh, just wonderful. Was, was it hard coming up to the majors as an 18-year-old? Because that's extremely rare, even back then. Oh, sure. It was, it was, it was hard. I was, I was overmatched. Uh, you know, the players uh, were a lot better than I was. I, I learned a good lesson that year when I was 18 years old. The first game I played in against uh, Washington Senators was in Baltimore. I got a hit the first time up. I went two for, I think, I don't know if I, I think it was the second time up, but I went two for four that day, knocked in a run, and I said, well, I think this is going to be an easy deal, you know. I called my mother and dad in Little Rock. I said, Mom, Dad. First game, two for four. Man, this is my cup of tea. Well, I went over 18 the next 18 times I hit, and I struck out 10 times. So I knew those guys were way ahead of me, and I had a lot to learn. Before you became the regular starting uh, third baseman, and you were up and down, up and down uh, to the minors. How, how difficult of an adjustment was that for you psychologically? Yeah, what happened, and uh, I played in the minor leagues in 56. I went to San Antonio, which I knew that uh, where I was going to play, and then they brought me up at the end of the year again, which was a big thrill. But I made the team in 57, and I played two weeks. I hurt my knee, had a knee operation. I was out, like, for three months. I was out two months with the knee, and then I uh, went down to San Antonio, and they brought me back a month later. So I missed three months of the season. Well, 1958, uh, I was there the whole year, and uh, I was there the whole year, didn't really uh, uh, do anything spectacular. I struggled most of the year offensively. And then uh, in 59, I, had a, I, had, I was about to get drafted after the 58 season for two years, but they had the program where you could go six months active duty, five and a half five and a half years in the reserve of the National Guard. Well, I joined the Arkansas National Guard the day the season was open, and I spent six months active duty at Fort Chaffee in Fort Hood, Texas. And then I got out right when the season started in 59. And uh, I was there for the first month playing in and out, and then Paul Richards told me, he said, uh, we're going to send you to Vancouver, which is our triple-A team. And that kind of knocked me for a loop because I think my – my, uh, it was the best, it ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me, and Paul Richards knew more than I did. But it was kind of a an ego thing. I said, "Oh my gosh, I'm going back to the minor leagues after spending a whole year next year," and I was looking forward to 1959 being the year. But anyway, I went back to the minor leagues, and uh, he said, "I'll bring you up in a month. You just go down and play your way into shape." Well, a lot of times when they say that. You never get the call back to the major leagues. That was really what was on my mind. But anyway, uh, after about a month, they called me back to, to the major leagues. I had done extremely well at Vancouver. I hit 330-something, and uh, they uh, uh, I got to play the rest of the year. And I was a, really a different player in 59. I seemed to be a little stronger, a little wiser. I ended up well. And then 1960, uh, that was the first uh Really good year I had in the major leagues. I was uh, ended up the Orioles made a run to the World Series against the Yankees, uh, and I was the third in the MVP voting behind Maris and Mantle. Uh, all three guys. Uh, it was the first time anyone had received over two. Three guys had received 200 votes or more. 
Yeah, you started, you, know, you started your All-Star string in uh, Gold Glove string in 60. You won the Gold Glove Award 16 straight years, and you went to 18 All-Star games. That's correct. Yeah, I did win the Gold Glove starting that year in, in 60. Uh, uh, I was at, in the backup that year. It was my first All-Star game. I was the uh, I was the backup to Frank Malzone in the All-Star games. I think they played two that year. It was two or three years we played two games, two All-Star games to raise money for the pension fund. Baseball's players pension fund, and uh, but I backed up Frank Malzone. I did get into both games, and of course it was a thrill to Ted Williams. That was his last year. He was on those teams, and just being around those guys was uh, one of the biggest thrills I've ever had. Nineteen sixty was also the year that you got married. Is the story about how you met your future wife true? Absolutely. Yeah, I got. Uh, my wife uh, was a, air att- a flight attendant for United Airlines, and, of course, all the teams uh, flew uh, United Charters at that particular time. We had played a night game in Kansas City, and the plane flew in to pick us up that morning to take us uh, to Boston. We had an off day, and uh, uh, we had an off day. So, anyway, uh, when I got on the plane, I saw my wife, Connie, at that particular time, and uh, I, I was really, uh, uh, I liked what I saw, you know. <laughs> she, was, uh, she was a beautiful gal, and uh, we, we hit it off real well. I kept going back for a lot of iced tea during the, during the trip. Anyway, we had a date that night in, uh, in, Bo- in Boston and went to dinner, and uh, our 54th wedding anniversary is in October this year, so it worked out real well. I did tell her when I got on, look, some of these guys might talk to you, but just remember, I'm the only single guy on this team. So anyway, she believed me. Even though, even though some of those guys were not married, right? That's right. <laughs> you weren't going to drop the ball on that one either. Oh, I wasn't, that's for sure. <laughs> little white lie didn't hurt. <laughs> How did you become such a good fielder? Uh, certainly a lot of it was uh, God-given talent, great hand-eye coordination, uh, I, I was a second baseman. I played four years of American Legion baseball, and when I signed with the Orioles, I signed as a second baseman, and I played second base uh, my first 50 games at York, Pennsylvania, and then they moved me to third, which is the best thing that ever happened to me because it's more or less a reflex position, and there's a lot of concentration that goes into it too, but it's like I say, it's one of those positions where three or four or five yards and uh, – it's over and done with one way or the other. So uh, uh, I just always had the, the great hand-eye coordination. I would, you know, even in high school when I played basketball, I was always kind of where the ball was. And that's the same way in baseball. That's the way I look at it. But I, I just had great anticipation, knew the hitters, knew how fast they run, knew who was pitching. And that's something I guess you learn with uh, after playing a few years. In 1964, you won the Most Valuable Player Award. You batted 317, drove in 118 runs. Do you think that sort of proved the skeptics wrong about your hitting ability? Well, that was that was the key. I mean, everyone felt like uh, uh, the hitting would be uh, the thing that I had to learn to do. They could see I was a great fielder, and uh, they didn't know if I would ever hit big league pitching. That was a even when I signed professionally back in 55. 
But it took me a while, and uh, that was a big year for me, and I uh, never had another one like it. But uh, I started hitting with a little power then, too. And, uh, you know, in, in 1960, uh, I drove in 88 runs that year, I think, and I hit 14 home runs. Well, for some reason, Paul Richard moved me to leadoff the next year. I hit leadoff the whole year. But anyway, in 64, I was down in, in the order and, and had, I led the league in RBIs and I was like second, I think, in hitting with, uh, 317. I don't know. I think his trephy might have won it that year or someone with the 321 or Oliva maybe. But, uh, that would, that was the key. I mean, I just, uh, I got bigger and stronger and uh, knew the pitchers better and that was an exciting year. We had a good chance to win then too down to the last uh, five or six days. Who was your favorite manager to play for? My favorite manager to play for was Paul Richards. Uh, I played for Earl Weaver, who was a great manager. I loved playing for him, too, but I just thought Paul Richards, I mean, when I signed, uh, I just felt like he knew more about the game. He knew he knew every position and what made that position tick. He was a catcher for the Tigers. He was in the 45 World Series, but he was a terrific manager, Never really got his due, but he put together the White Sox and then left, and they got in the World Series in 59, and he put together the Oreos, the basics of the Oreos, and uh, we ended up start, we started winning a lot of games after 1960. But uh, I loved playing for Earl Weaver. I had more fun playing for him than anyone else. Uh, he made me laugh a lot. Uh, when he'd go out with his little antics to the empires, I just stand at third base and put my glove over my face and laugh like heck. You know, he made everyone laugh. But he was uh, he was a terrific manager. He had 25 players. He had he got them all involved in the game. No one sat long. Uh, you can't let players sit two or three weeks and put them in and expect them to to play the way they're supposed to play. So he got everyone involved in the game. He had great coaches. And that helped, too. Now, you were already on the Orioles when Weaver broke into as a big league manager in uh, July of 68. Was he the same manager then as he became later? Did he have that volatility from the outset? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had that when he came. You know, he took over a all-star game in 1968 when Hank Byer uh, was fired. I think everyone knew that Hank Byer was was going to get fired because Harry Dalton, who was the general manager, he signed Earl Weaver to manage his first year a few years earlier, and that was his guy, so it was just a matter of time. But no, Earl, Earl was all that way, always that way. He was uh, a fiery manager. He was into the game, and uh, he just he knew a lot about it. In fact, he, uh, he I think he learned a few things from Paul Richards because Paul was still managing when uh, when Earl signed to manage in the minor leagues. But uh, Earl, uh, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. One last question. What was your favorite moment in baseball? My favorite moment in baseball certainly was winning the World Series in 66. Uh, uh, as a youngster, when you sign a contract, uh, you dream about uh, playing in the minor leagues, arriving in the big leagues, uh, winning the pennant, getting in a World Series, and and winning, and uh, we did that the first time around, and I can remember saying, hey, doesn't get any better than this. If we never win again, we can always say you're on the world champions for a year, and that was my favorite moment. Hope you enjoyed that 
brief interview with Brooks Robinson. After this brief break, we will be back with Chicago-based journalist Allison Moran. You are listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com. 